Dear friends in Jesus Christ, great to have you with us here on this Christmas Eve. Here at Bethlehem, we're using this booklet for the seasons of Advent and Christmas here at Bethlehem. Many of you have been working through it day by day. I didn't plan on it initially, but finally when I got right down to it though, I decided I'm gonna preach nine different sermons on the contents of this booklet. So I know I benefited from them. I wanna share a little bit with you of what we've done so far here, in case you haven't been with us. So with the six previous sermons, when we went to the very first one, we were talking about something that happened 4,000 years before the time of Christ. So we know that God made a perfect world. We know about the fall into sin. And on the very day of the fall, that's the day when God promised that he would send his son to be the savior of the world. In the second sermon, we jumped ahead to the time of Abraham, who lived about 2,000 years before the time of Christ, and we found out that Abraham is important because God came to him and he basically said, Abraham, one of your future descendants is going to be the promised savior. And then we jumped ahead to the time of Moses about five to six hundred years later. And coming to the time of Moses, Moses was, of course, a very great prophet. And he said to the people, the Lord is going to raise up another prophet like me, Moses said. And he said to the people, it is vital for you to listen to him. Well, who is that great prophet? That is talking about Jesus. And I'm wondering about each of you today, are you listening to Jesus? My prayer for each of you is that you are listening to him. If you are not, that means that all the great things I talked about with the kids, all the great things the Bible talks about, all the great things we mention every week here at Bethlehem, you don't have any of those without Jesus. He is the ticket. So without him, we don't have any of it. But if you don't have him, it doesn't mean that you can't receive him, but it's important to be dead serious on that topic. Well, we went further in the series and we jumped ahead to the time of Isaiah, about 700 BC. So we found out that the savior who is coming will be born of a virgin. Like, how can that happen? We talked about that earlier in the sermon yesterday and also today. And then also too there in Isaiah, it talked about people living in great darkness. Now we're not talking about how it was when our service began today. Rather, we are talking about great spiritual darkness. Like in a spiritual sense, people couldn't see their right hand right in front of their faces. That is the world we live in today. And then in Isaiah, it's prophesying a time where people are living in this great spiritual darkness. And what's going to happen? Jesus himself is going to grow up in that area. He's going to do his ministry in that area. And he's going to shine the true light of the world to these people living in darkness. And then in the fourth sermon, we're still in seven, around 700 BC. And we find out that this child that's going to be born is going to be born for us. It's such an odd thing. Like my own children, they were born for me, or your children were, were born for you, but this child to be born is gonna be born for us. He's gonna be born in Bethlehem, and he's going to be a descendant of the great King David. 
And then we went on to the fifth part and found out about the coming John the Baptizer. So 700 years before he even came on the scene, God is telling us about him. And what, what was John going to do? John would lead the way. John would prepare the way for the coming Savior. How was John doing that? John was calling people to repent. It's the same message today, to repent. What does that mean to repent? It means to understand that without God's intervention, we are lost, we are condemned, we are on our way to an eternity apart from the Almighty God and apart from his blessings forever and ever. If we don't understand that, we're never going to receive the help that God wants us to receive. And then also, too, in the fifth sermon, we talked about the great victory that was coming through Jesus and also the great blessings that we have through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then in number six here, this was yesterday and this morning, part six, we talked about the Son of God and how he existed with God the Father even before creation, how God the Father created all things through his Son, and how Jesus, he's not just some great man, he is the very Son of the Almighty God with, with the flesh of Mary, and he is great beyond great, and he came to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. He came to take away the sin of the world. We are up to part seven now. Two more parts after this. Tomorrow's part eight. Next weekend is part nine. But part seven, though, we're up to day 19 in the booklet, and we see big disappointment here, and we also see an important dream. So we are in Matthew chapter one, and the Bible says, Talking here about the birth of Jesus Christ, the Bible says, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph before they came together as husband and wife, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. In other words, he would privately release her from the engagement. He wouldn't do it publicly. He would do it in a way that she would stay out of trouble. He would do it in a way that she would not be stoned to death. That's what Joseph decided to do. However, though, the Bible says, when he had considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. I invite you to imagine you are in love and you are engaged and you are wanting to honor God in your life. And what I mean by that is you are determined that you are going to wait to have relations with your fiance until after you are married. Now, when I say that, you're like, oh, that's such an old-fashioned thing, Pastor. Nobody does that today. But yet, that's exactly what the Bible is saying. Our world has fallen so far the things that are so disgusting to the Almighty God, oh, that has become the normal thing. That's become the normal thing. People don't even know what sin is anymore. But God wants us to know these are very serious issues. 
But that was Joseph, though, a long time ago. Joseph was an honorable man. Mary was an honorable woman, and they're going to do the right thing. But then Joseph finds out that his fiancée is pregnant. When he found that out, Joseph was certainly disappointed, and maybe even much more than that. What did Joseph decide to do? Well, here he is. He's an Old Testament believer. He's looking for the Messiah to come. He's trusting in the Messiah. Through his faith in the coming Messiah, he had the forgiveness of sins. So what he decided to do, I'm going to separate from Mary. I'm going to do it in a secretive way because I don't want anything bad to happen to her. If he would have done it in a public way, she would have been shamed and she could have been put to death. How did God redirect Joseph? Like Joseph decided, this is what I'm going to do. How did God redirect him? Well, God sent an angel to communicate to Joseph in a dream saying, Joseph, the baby in Mary, that baby is not from another man, that baby is from the Holy Spirit. So when that was communicated to Joseph, amazingly, Joseph believed what the angel said. What about us? Do we believe what the Bible says? Well, it's important that we do. If we do believe what the Bible says, it is vital for us then to put it into practice, to take it to heart. Think about what Jesus said here in Luke 6. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? I don't believe it's possible to have Jesus as Savior and then not have him as Lord. In other words, oh, I believe in him, but I just go and do my own thing. I don't think it works that way. So when we have him as Savior, then we are like so overwhelmed with thanksgiving, we want to know and do the will of God. Okay, so here we are on day 20 in the booklet. We're right back to Matthew chapter 1, and the Bible says... She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, this is the angel speaking to Joseph. She will bear a son, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Now, all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet Isaiah. Here is the Old Testament prophecy. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and shall bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took Mary as his wife. So when we think about God's plan, it was such a simple plan. The job of Mary was to carry and give birth to the child and raise the child. What about Joseph? His job was to give him the name Jesus. What does that name mean? The Lord saves. What about Jesus? He had the big job. He would save his people from their sins. So this is my recommendation. Let's know that Jesus is the Savior, and let's never trust in ourselves. It doesn't matter who we are or what we have done or what we have not done how careful we've been not to fall into sin, that cannot save us. God is saying to be sorry for what you have done, stop trusting in yourself, 
trust in Jesus, and then he's calling us to live a God-honoring life. Our lives should be much different than other people who are living in the world who do not know Jesus. Thinking about this topic of a virgin conceiving. Now, does that happen sometimes? Like, are there women in the world out there and they've never been with a man and they're wondering, oh, I wonder if I'm pregnant. Like, are women thinking that? Does that happen? We know according to the natural order of things, that just does not happen. But can God do that though? He can. We talked about that a little bit more in the sermon earlier today. You could pick up a copy in the back if you wanna know a little bit more about how that happened. To us, it seems impossible, but God wants us to understand because of who he is, he can do anything. God made the promise and God fulfilled the promise. Let me conclude with this information for today. Why was God's son born of a virgin? Well, first of all, because all prophecy must be fulfilled. So it was prophesied that it would happen and prophecy must be fulfilled. Also, because God is his father. Joseph is his earthly father, but his true father is God, our father in heaven. So the son of God had to be born of a virgin. And then why else? Because God wants us to know that no one in all time is like Jesus. He is actually the very son of God in human flesh. And why did he come? He didn't come to set an example for us, even though he did in some ways, he came rather to save us from our sins. Let's be convinced that's why he came and let's trust in him for that reason. And then because Jesus is God with us and in many ways he is like us. Let me conclude with this passage here in Hebrews chapter two. It says, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself, talking about the son of God, he himself likewise also partook of the same. I mean, it's such an overwhelming thing to think about the huge, almighty son of God, the one who was with the Father before creation, the one through whom God the Father created the entire world, the one who is the source of our physical lives, the source of our spiritual lives, the source of our eternal lives. That same God confined himself to a human body. So he himself likewise also partook of the same. He put on flesh and blood that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. That is why the Son of God came in order to defeat the devil and to overcome sin and death so that we can be with God forever. Let us pray. Dear Father in heaven, you planned and then you executed your plan and now through Jesus, you are offering everyone the amazing gift of eternal life. Thank you so much. By your spirit, we pray that you would open every blind eye and that you would lead many to repent and believe in Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.